Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Outlast Podcast. So, since I ran out of character lore, and they are making a new map, but I'm like, eh, haven't really jumped into that. But I'm going to start going into some other things. Hopefully, eventually, by the time I reach the end of, you know, this new path that I'm going, which is pretty much talking about why I love such and such, which is whatever the character's name is. And then the next one is why I hate such and such. So some of these characters, I'm going to let you know why I love them. Some of these characters, I'm going to let you know why I hate them. And then I'm going to go into why I love like certain parts of the game, why I don't like certain parts. Uh, what do I like about the second one? What I don't like about it? What I love about, you know, the DLC, what I don't like about it. Also, you know, the last one, Outlast 3. That's what I'm going to let y'all know what I think about the trials. So, by the time I reach the end of that, hopefully I could talk to other people. And I don't know what I want to do because it just seems like if I talk to uh, random people, I don't want to, like, butcher it. But I wonder if they're going to give me a new perspective. I would love to be able to just talk to the creators, like, from everybody who did movements on the characters to who made the maps, coming up with the characters to... The voice actors of these characters. Oh my god, especially Eddie. Alright, so speaking of Eddie, this is why I love Eddie Gluskin. First off, Eddie has a very unique name. Yes, Eddie is a common male name. Well, not really, but it is a name. Gluskin is such a weird last name. Like, you would never expect a character named that before. Like, you've heard a lot of different names, but have y'all ever heard of the word Gluskin? Before y'all have ever heard of Eddie? Before y'all ever knew about this character? Not me. I never. I thought his name was Gluskin, but I was like, yeah, that's definitely not right. What I like about Eddie, there's a lot. First off, I like that he has a good backstory. A lot of these characters that they made did not have a good backstory. And him being the secondary antagonist because of Chris Walker, it works out perfectly to set him up to be the next person in line. Whether you love Eddie, whether you hate Eddie, or you're neutral about Eddie, you gotta give him his flowers because this motherfucker is a very unique character. Let me explain, okay? First off, he's got that name. Now look at the way Eddie is dressed. He's dressed just like they call him, the groom. The man downstairs makes sense because when you're wailing and you get past Dennis, he closes those stairs up and you're stuck in the, what is it called? I don't know what that area is called, the basement? I don't know. But you're in there with Eddie. And it's so weird because when you're walking through, you hear the music playing and it's old timey music. And I figured out what it is. It's American, sorry, let me re-say that, America Quartet. I want a girl. And it's made in 1911. So it's so crazy when Eddie sings the song. I don't know if that's the same one that's playing when you walk by that dude's body and he's got like uh, the head shoved right up his ass. And yeah, it's got like tits and shit. Yeah, that's very graphic. (laughs) But I wonder if that's the song that's playing. If it's not, it is the one that Eddie sings. It's so cool how Eddie could take a really like fast-paced kind of fun song and turn it into like a slow, dark song. Kind of like how Marilyn Manson did with Sweet Dreams. 
So you got din 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 din. When I was a boy, my mother often said to me, "Get married, son, and see how happy you will be." I looked all over, but no girlie can I find. Who's like the little girl I had in mind? And then Eddie, the way he does it, it's like, "When I was a boy, my mother often said to me." Get married, son, and see how happy you will be. I looked all over, but no girlie can I find. Who's like the little girl I had in mind? You know, he can be creepy, but he can also be charming, and that's what makes Eddie so crazy. Because a lot of people would call him a narcissist. A lot of people would call him charming. A lot of People would call him like a dark empath, whatever you would like to call him. And somebody like Eddie could exist in the real world. He's not too realistic, but he's not too far-fetched either, you know. And Eddie, he has this way of words because he's old school. You know, he talks in a different type of dialogue is what I notice, especially when he's explaining something to you. At the same time, he can explain something to you and it makes sense. But then you sit back and think about it. You're like, bro, that is twisted as hell what he just said to me. He was like, I just want to make a soft spot, a place to welcome my seed. And I'm like, wait, hold on. What? You know, it sounds not too bad. But then you start thinking, hold on. I'm laying on a table and there's a chaw, not chaw. There's a saw. I don't know what a fuck a chaw is. But there's a saw. Right there by my small ass penis. And you gonna rip me right through. No, I'm sorry buddy, but no. Next up, besides the way Eddie speaks. His voice. The voice they chosen for him fits the character perfectly. It wouldn't make sense if Eddie Gluskin had Traeger's voice. Or the twins. Or Father Martin. Or Jeremy Blair. Like, Eddie Gluskin's voice fits him perfectly. That's what I really love about him, is that it fits perfectly with the character. Like, when I listen to Eddie's voice, I see the way Eddie looks, and I'm like, yo, that fits perfectly. The next thing is the way Eddie is dressed. He's dressed just like what his name is, the groom, the man downstairs, the man below. Those are pretty cool names. Because, you know, he's down in the basement below where Dennis is. He's the groom. He's dressed up like it. He's got all these mannequins around him dressed up. And then he's got all this writing on the walls like he's getting married. And it's crazy. But it's also very interesting. And what also blows my mind is how slow he is when he chases you. But... When you're sitting there about to get your wiener ripped off and the guy hits Eddie and then breaks the whole thing apart and they start fighting and the guy takes off and Eddie runs after him. He's pretty fucking fast. That's what I realized. I'm like, damn, Eddie's really, really fucking fast, right? Another time we see Eddie really fast is when they're taking him to the morphogenic engine and Waylon is sitting there on the computer and Eddie breaks free and runs right up to the glass. I'm like, yo, that dude is mad fast. I'd love to see the camera angle to where they're out there with him and see him break away from the guards and run right up to the window. 
It's crazy how fast he is. I'm like, damn, Eddie. But then when he, like, goes against the glass, he's fucking massive. Like, he's not too far-fetched like Chris Walker is with size. But he's a pretty big fucking dude. Like, you look at his forearms, they're massive. Then he's got a nice chest, abs, and he seems like he works out a lot. And it's a beautiful thing to see. It really is. I'm not trying to flirt with Eddie. Not saying anything. Daddy Gluskin. Okay, let me stop. So, you know, you kind of feel bad for him, but at the same time, you don't. But you did have a hand in him being all fucked up. Like, his eyes are red around, like, the white parts of his eyes are red because of the trauma due to the morphogenic engine. His face has all those blisters because of the morphogenic engine. And now his mind is completely warped to the point where he thinks that all these guys in this asylum are women or he could turn them into the perfect bride and that's just wild to even think that and it's so crazy how everybody is scared of him like even regular twisted ass inmates well patients i guess you could say are so afraid of him my question is how did dennis make that deal with eddie Instead of, you know, Eddie killing him, how did he get to the point where he's like, yo, Eddie, I'll find you the perfect bride. As long as you save my skin, we'll be good. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm trying to understand, especially with Dennis's multiple personalities. Somebody had to get to Eddie, and I guess maybe before he got fucked up with the morphogenic engine, they had a deal. And I guess Eddie is not too far gone where he's just like, oh, I forgot about the deal with Dennis. Let me just fucking use him too and destroy him. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like when you're Miles in one of the scenes, I could be wrong. When you're walking down the stairs and there's a cage, like it's like blocked off. You see the guy talking to you. And then you hear Gluskin say something from downstairs. And he's like, coming. And he takes off running downstairs. But I'm like, that's not Dennis. We know Dennis. He's a tall, white guy that looks pissed off and he's bald. This guy looks like the same guy. Um, you know when you're in the attic with Dennis and you see the guy who hung himself. And then you walk through the uh, shelves and that guy is sitting there looking at you. His face is all fucked up. He has no nose. That's who I ended up seeing when I was Miles. I was like, yo... Who the fuck is this guy, you know? And then you look the other way, and then you see the twin sitting there looking at you. And I'm like, dude, you're fucking creepy as hell. But I want to talk about them probably in the next episode. But Eddie's just very fascinating to me. Very fascinating. And the way his mechanics are, the way he moves is creepy. So, yeah, he's dressed like a groom. And I like how dirty they made it. Like, all, like, stained up and... They gave him like a gray vest to match his gray pants to make him look a little bit more official and old school. You know, I like that. Make him look very rugged. His neck is like fucking fat. I'm like, damn, Eddie, you got a thick ass neck, dog. Somebody trying to choke you ain't going to work. Then he's got this crazy looking old style haircut. Kind of reminds me of Brad Pitt in the movie Fury. <laughs> but... He wants just the perfect bride, and a lot of us want that. You know, my buddy was telling me today that 
he wanted to have a girlfriend and have long-term relationship and get married. Me and my girlfriend just broke up yesterday, and, you know, I fantasized about her being my wife, and I still fantasize about her being my wife, and I hope that I can get her back. But Eddie's like that, too. He's looking for love. He's looking for a wife and children. But it's so hard because even before the morphogenic engine, he was a serial killer that was killing women. So it's like, bro, how are you finding the perfect wife? Was these women just like, I'll be with you, Eddie. But then they're like, no, I don't want to be with you, Eddie. And then Eddie just snapped and just like murdered them. I don't know. But you also feel bad for him because he got molested by his father and uncle. And that's why when you are in the locker and he says, I'll protect our children. I'll never let nothing happen to them. Not like, and then he stops the sentence because he's saying, not like me. Because his uncle and father molested him. And that's what he's going on about when he's talking about how he feels dirty. Because they fucked him in the ass. And that's why he feels filthy and he feels dirty. But the way he's wording it makes it even worse sounding. Instead of him being like, yeah, my uncle fucked me in the ass. Which you would probably laugh because you wouldn't be expecting that. But the way he explains it where it's like, I feel filthy. I feel dirty. And all I knew it, it hurt. And it makes you feel sad for him. And it just makes you feel really weak to your stomach by the way he's explaining him being molested. You know? And molesting happens a lot. There are some family members that do molest their own family, which, sadly, I know that all too well. Not because of me. I was never the victim or the suspect. But my father is and my sister was, so I definitely know that feeling all too well of, I don't know what it was like going through that, but at the same time, you know, not being able to help the people you love and just knowing that you didn't know and then you found out the truth, it really puts a weird feeling in your stomach, you know. And I definitely, damn, that went dark. I definitely feel bad for Eddie for that one. But do I feel like that should turn him into a killer? No. But also, just the way he calls you darling, and then one minute he's just like, Oh, are you okay? And then the next minute he's like, You'd rather die than to be with me? Well then, die. There's one quote that he says, I can't remember, where he's like, Oh, you might be able to convince everybody that you're a good girl. But I could see past those eyes and see deep down that you truly aren't what you say you are. And that's what I like. I'm like, dude, that is fantastic. Like, that's smart. Like, you definitely are right about that. Some girls can put on this, you know, facade that they're this just to get what they want, you know. And Eddie can see right through it. And that's why Eddie is such a unique character. And there's just never been a character like Eddie. Not in a movie, not in another video game, not at a haunted attraction I visited. Nothing. Eddie Gluskin is literally a once in a lifetime type of character. From the way he speaks, to the way he looks, to the way he's dressed. It still looks weird. Like a piece of his skin looks like an onion hanging off the side of his face due to the morphogenic engine. But, yeah. It's crazy because some of these cats do have a long backstory, but I would like to go deeper into Eddie's story, but they didn't, like, create a long story. They created a long story, but not long enough where it's like, 
hey, where did he grow up at? It just pretty much tells you like his age, his height, his weight, you know, how he got the Mount Massive Asylum. Other than that, there's not really much information about Eddie Gluskin's like past. And, you know, they said they did have him in an interview, but he kept like changing the story and trying to make it different because he didn't want to accept what really happened to him. So he changed the story to his childhood to make himself feel a little bit better. So, yeah, it's crazy, honestly. I'm still trying to figure out what that song is. Not the American Quartet song, but the other one that was playing. Why? I don't know. I'll have to go look up the thing, and I'll let y'all know in the next episode if it was that same song that was playing where the guy had his head shoved up his ass. Yeah. That's when you first come down the stairs, and Dennis shuts the stairs, and you start walking through. And it's so crazy because you see all, like, these sewing machines and shit, and it just fits the eerie vibe. And then Eddie, like, comes up to that door, and you're like, oh, God. Thank God it was locked. Because that motherfucker, ugh, could have got me. Which is so weird, because he literally could have opened that door himself. (laughs) But instead, he decided to walk around. And it's so crazy watching him walk away. He's, like, walking so slow, but, like, so smooth with it. I'm like, my man, smooth walking. I'm a smooth criminal. Okay, so, yeah. There's just a lot to Eddie. I think that he is definitely a Outlast favorite, and he's very memorable. And his voice just fits him perfectly. And I just think how crazy it is how they intertwined all the characters together, including Miles and Waylon. And I'm definitely going to talk about that as well, especially the distance between them while Waylon was getting chased around by Gluskin and, you know, put in the locker and pretty much sprayed. Miles is sitting in a wheelchair not too far from him getting taken upstairs by Traeger. That's pretty dope to me. You know, because if you... Where Miles is sitting at in the wheelchair and Traeger's telling him, go ahead, be free. No. All right, nose to the grindstone. How I like it. If he would have got out of the wheelchair and walked over to the wall and took a left, opened that door, run straight down a little bit, turn to the left, open that door, and right to the left is the doors to the auditorium. That's just crazy. So Miles could have definitely, like, I don't know where Miles was at when... Waylon was getting strung up, but he definitely could have ran in there and find where the locker is and save what I don't know because Waylon jumped out of the window though, so he was in the other part of the building when Miles was getting taken by Traeger. So I don't think they were right there. I think by the time you know Gluskin started stringing Waylon up to the ceiling, Miles was already like long gone away from that area. I have no idea. But I definitely know Waylon was in the locker because he was, like, knocked out for 12 hours. That's long enough for, you know, Miles to do what he needed to do. So, yeah, crazy. I wonder where Miles was at that moment. But Eddie had all the bodies stringed up in the daggone gymnasium. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And the reason, the reasoning is, I don't know. He just likes it like that, stringing up bodies. And it's so sad because once he strings you up, which he's got some strength on him, you know, it just doesn't work. Y'all connect, grab hands. He was like, we could have been beautiful. And then he gets impaled. And I feel so sad for him because it's just like, man, this guy could have had a better life. But it's fucked up. I've seen other reactors like video him while he's impaled. And they're like, ha ha, fuck you. And I'm like, damn, I feel bad for this guy. But 
That's all I got to say about Gluskin. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode of the Outlast podcast. I hope the rest of the night is good. Sorry I haven't uploaded in a while. It's just haven't had really anything to talk about. And so I decided to come up with a series so you guys can continue to listen. I love all of y'all, all you Outlast fans. Hopefully I can sit down with some people. I would love to sit down with Graham and talk about how he became the voice actor of Eddie Gluskin. And did he have the voice already for Eddie or did they come up with the voice for him? And if they came up for the voice for him, who helped him develop the voice, you know? And I'd love for him to kind of like talk in his Eddie voice a little bit, be like at the end of the podcast, be like talking your Eddie voice. That would be dope. So I love y'all. Y'all stay safe and I'll catch you in another episode. Ta-ta for now, sick fucks. (laughs) Ha ha ha.